Good day, everybody, and welcome to this week's Vindo with Robert Hollinshead. And a good day to you, Bob. How's things? Uh, it's it, interesting. Let's put it like that, Sean. Interesting. Um, no moss growing on the north side of the tree as we sit in uh, like nothing changing. No, that's not that's not happening, brother. Um, scrambling. Scrambling. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can dive into, I think you term it lot rot. That's what right. you want to talk about today. Is that a good thing? <laughs> yeah, the significance of lot rot, how we get it and what it means in a um, in a, a descending market, you know, and how it actually becomes fatal, I think. Uh, I don't know if I'll tie that back in, but um, units that catch lot rot, um, you, you got to... Uh, completely extract them or understand what it is that's rotten about them. You know what I mean? And, and I guess that I might as well just start this running. Really. I hope it uh, don't go into the weeds here because it's, uh, you know, as the market's changing and you start looking around at what you got and how you're going to get out and all the rest of it, it's it starts to become, you know, like uh, talking in the rear view mirror a little bit, but it's always good to keep it in mind in my estimation, as you acquire and make decisions around, you know, what you're doing with cars. Um, so um, there's a couple axioms, I believe, that, you know, um, have always been true, and I think they're going to remain true. Uh, a good one gets better and a bad one gets worse, right? So in other words, something that's crisp when you're when you're acquiring it, you know, it's got all the keys, didn't have Christmas trees in it, don't have a shiny steering, a shiny steering wheel, uh, uh, the ashtray ain't broke. You follow me? In other words, all the, all the little telltale signs of a hot dog. Um, in other words, uh, lived a, a rough life and got put in the barn wet. Um, you know, it starts revealing themselves in terms of what the, the cars, uh, uh, salespeople start walking around and why they're not showing the car a second or third time because there's objectionable items um, about that unit that, you know, the salesperson getting one up a day isn't going to blow the up because he's going to go show him a pile of dog poop, right? Um, you know, sometimes when buyers get attached to cars in the wholesale business, they get attached to cars that start what becoming what I call a dreamer. In other words, you, you, you bought it to be something. It turned out to be something different. And somehow or other, you're hoping somebody smacks their head into the wall and falls into um, uh, overlooking whatever you missed, right? That's a, a dream, a dreamer. So when a, a, a you know a retail dealer is acquiring vehicles, um, you know you got to kind of face the facts. If that's a unit that previously had Christmas trees hanging from the rearview mirror, you can't convert that into what you would call a crisp one. It ain't never going to be a crisp one. All the edges are knocked off the crispness of that unit from the Christmas trees. I don't want to go in a weird place here, but you got to think about this. And it's easy to do. And it's easy to actually make it a habit of because it starts to help us understand pedigree of cars. Walk the service drive, right? Walk the service drive. What are you talking about, you moron? Yeah, walk the service drive. Look for cars with Christmas trees hanging from the rear view mirror. Think about getting in that car and the stank that is permeated uh, through that car from those Christmas trees. And then just figure, uh, typically, a car with Christmas trees also has a shiny, shiny steering wheel. 
not a good indication of Karen, <laughs> of what you would call, uh, you know, kid glove care, right? And and then think about this, and this is why I'd like to tie this back because a Christmas tree unit never hits the service drive. So card, somebody has the inclination to have the Christmas trees hanging on. It's not my fault. I didn't make this up. It's just a you know a longitudinal study of fifty years of understanding this. And then look at the service bill when you trade the car with the Christmas tree and see see what you spend on that hog. Let's say you just didn't have the brains to use our OBD when you're trading it to understand that it's a Christmas tree of lights on uh, that you don't know about because they're not necessarily triggered by the dashboard lights, right? Um, but you're sitting there saying, well, got Christmas trees, and it's got one key, one key, key's worn out, by the way, and all of a sudden you're making a deal. I'm not saying not make a deal. I'm just saying anticipate a large shop bill on that car, that car with the Christmas tree. So this guy's nuts. You're saying, I got to hang up. This guy's a moron. No, I've done it for decades, many, many, many decades, where when you're looking at a Christmas tree car, drive that bitch. In other words, drive it. Make sure it's hitting all the gears at the proper time. Make sure you're listening. Radio off. Listening to 45 foot of diff wine. You follow me 45 miles, listening, gas on, gas off, right? The probability of that car with Christmas trees from the from the rearview mirror, not strawberries. Strawberries are a little bit different. Christmas trees in particular, or a box shoved up underneath the seat, stinking like hell. You want to, you, you can't even get the stink out when you send your shit to the <clears throat> laundry from the stench of the Christmas tree, right? Um, when you trade that unit, expect a larger shop bill and expect the fact that your salespeople will dance around that car when it hits the front line. They will dance around it because the first person, that, it's 90 degrees out now, right? So you got the car, you, know, you had to clean it up. Christmas tree car stinks like I was trying to get the stink out of the car. Now you put it out front, windows are up because you got to lock the windows at night. Otherwise, you're going to get something stole, right? Okay, good. Now, open that bitch up at noon today and the steam coming out of that car from the residual um, wetness when you when you recond it, the stink that comes out of that car from the additional Christmas tree stink is exactly why the salesperson dancing around that bitch time and time again. And therefore, it's called lot rot. Now, that same car, after you cut it and buff it and wax it and put it out front, and then it rained last night when 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 the the rain hits that at that little unit, because don't forget that the Christmas tree car was not in somebody's garage. It was parked in an apartment building. It was parked in the street someplace all its life. When the cleanup washes off that car, um, it, it, it's the, I would call it the proverbial identity of lot rot is setting in. Stinks like shit. Rain hit it once. Shit's dripping down through the moldings, etc. Right? Um, and all of a sudden, it ain't standing up like with its um, 34 double Ds hanging out. You follow me? In other words, it's it's it turns into a hamburger. It's like junk sitting there, and it gets worse. It don't get better. So once the first salesperson dances around it, next one dances. Now everybody knows it, it is a lot rot infected unit. Um, it's time to do two things in my estimation. Um, one require all salespersons when they get any objections to a car when they after they showed it um, let the acquisition person a person responsible for understanding they got cat or dog so that's how you're pricing the car as well and also making a decision to get rid of that pile of dog poop 
or or doing whatever you're going to do, right? Rainbow of decisions, but incremental information helping make those decisions, right? Help let let the salespeople tell you why the objections to that unit, so it doesn't happen again. Because nobody in the market that we're coming into can afford to throw customers out the window and force them to go someplace else to, to sign on a dotted line, right? So this all begins, in my opinion, at acquisition time. When you're buying it out of the service drive, out, you know, a trade-in, or you're going to the block and, and picking one off, right? Um, 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 the incremental information around that, that surrounds that car helps understand all sorts of things. It, it also helps you to come to the realization you bought chicken poop, not chicken salad, right? Uh, it helps. It doesn't mean that you go into panic mode, in my estimation. It just helps you understand um, why there's going to be, in a wholesale sense, multiple bids on that car or uh, no bids on that car, hoping to you know, hit somebody at the last second and, and sell, right? Wholesale and retail are similar in that regard. Desirability index, right? In other words, why is this car better than something else? Why do we stretch on some and pass on others? Even though the one you're passing on might even look like it's good, but the criteria that causes you to believe that it's good isn't good, which includes Christmas trees, by the way, and shiny steering wheels. I know you're going to laugh at me. As a child, uh, you know, when you walk into the uh, deal, uh, and, and to a dealer, they got 10 keys on the on the board for you right, to go take a look at because you're going to clean them out for the day. Um, and you're looking at the keys. done it probably a few million times. You're looking at the keys. I, it got to a point where I really didn't believe, and I honestly never did, uh, have to drive certain cars because they got three keys. As crisp as could be, you follow me? Open up the ashtray. It just slides in and out nice and neat. Nobody sprayed it to hide the cigar shit you couldn't get out of, right? In other words, all of a sudden, you don't need to drive that car. That car's been in the shop, right? Um, transmission probability of being bad is zero. Um, but you get in the one with a broken key and stinks like Christmas trees. Um, take that for an extended little tour uh, because many of its faults will actually uh, jump out and slug you in your brain, hopefully, uh, to make a decision to figure out how you're going to pay not to buy it, uh, and or pack it in the package where it, it's it's properly adjusted. So your expectations of getting too much for it when you get to the block, uh, or when you're selling it to a retail customer, or not. Um, let's say uh, your expectations aren't dashed. Um, the probability in the market that we're in right now of getting lucky. Everybody gets lucky, I guess. I don't. I never get lucky, and and for that reason. You know, like reality sets in, and this is where we come up with these neurotic concepts of how we look at things and why we look at them this this way. You know, it takes us to how I believe our pricing tool is different than any other. Ours is based on electrical shock. It's not based on pontification. It's based on actually owning cars and selling them, not looking at data that doesn't tell you anything about the car, doesn't tell you good or bad facts, doesn't tell you... If, what the keys look like, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and therefore, it becomes round information. Round information, in a, particularly in a declining market, um, will get you bopped on your head uh, um, because you got to go a little bit deeper to understand your decision-making process to, uh, uh, and let it get, be guided by, um, I would call it, uh, you know, last week we talked about uh, or maybe a week or two ago, who knows what it is. It, it, I, we didn't get any uh, response from people 
didn't even tell us we're nuts about creating a, a doctorate or a, a, a degree program for people in the car business. You've been through certain things, therefore you deserve this degree, the next degree, the next degree. So it, this kind of relates to what we're talking about here. It, to understand all of the things that you have to as a scientist of acquisition, a scientist of valuation, to make smarter decisions, not to pass deals, but to stretch on crisp ones that don't deteriorate over time. The car could sit on your lap 400 years doesn't fall to pieces as opposed to a hamburg, a junk. In other words, something that you've made up to be something different, it's probably you'll sell it, but the ones that you don't, when you walk around them, they will tell you why they didn't get sold. We used to, for many decades, walk you know, uh, after an auction, obviously before the auction, touch every car, know ex- exactly what you got, so you're not trying to plant people in things that aren't what you believe they are. It's very, really useful. But after the sale, taking a second walk, and if you had 742 cars, you had 19 no-sales, walk them cars. There is blatant reasons why each one of them cars uh, couldn't find a new home that day. Blatant reasons. Those same reasons are, are in conjunction with when you're out on the street buying stuff. In other words, in conjunction with what we're talking about, lead us to um, um, conclusions that nobody in the world could ever care one penny for unless you're in our business. Appraising, buying, selling, keeping people happy, making the shit disappear in three seconds, you know, not doing this insanity of you're not the best end user for a car, but you're going to act like you are. It's taking up space. It's eating uh, time, money, and and wasting time with salespeople, et cetera, because somebody told you you're supposed to keep them all to retail because you're the best end user for all the total and absolute nonsensical bullshit, as opposed to focusing on exactly what is good for your place, good for you, trying your best to come to the realization if it's good or bad so that we don't price for chicken salad when it's chicken shit. You follow me? Uh, and the only reason I'm, I'm reiterating this, it's exactly the nonsense that I torture all of our people with, whether they're buyers or if they're analysts for evaluation um, um, on AccuTrade. We, we go through this constantly. Uh, to be sure that we don't fall into, um, let's call it the zombieville of uh, of uh, pontification uh, based on what other people think and what other people do, as opposed to the facts of the DNA of a VIN, the DNA of the marketplace. You know, um, what we're seeing right now is 50, 70% no sale rates on 20, 30, 50, 80, $150,000 cars, or the cat that's selling that's meeting the expectations of the market. Oh, my God, did you see that? Last week, we sold about 40 Porsches in a row. Somebody posted something on Facebook saying, oh, my God, is this this guy took the panic. No, I didn't take a panic. I sold to the market. We're going to do it again tomorrow. Uh, we're going to sell everything. Uh, because uh, the idea, when you've got 387 people online uh, um, uh, looking to buy cars, and you got that bitch set up the way it's supposed to be set up, and ain't nobody bidding. <laughs> that means you set into you set into high, and you ain't gave nobody the opportunity uh, to say, "Well, uh, I'll I'll take it for that," and embarrass somebody else to bid. And when it's over, uh, not taking that bid, no, that we ain't playing um, what you would call like tiddlywinks or uh, monopoly. No, we playing for real, right? That's the only way we can understand the value of a particular car with different characteristics. And how you're telling us, in other words, at the end of the day, 2,200 dealers sitting online watching your slugs 
go through the auction and bidding until they don't want it no more, they're telling us what the commodity value is at M cars. And that's what's translated into our pricing tool. And that's what I believe is healthy for, um, you know, if you're lucky enough that you can sell three or 400 cars a week and, um, sell them all and you got plenty of people waiting and all the rest of it in this market, you can find more, you know, you're an anomaly in my estimation because the average guy that I'm talking to, the people that are calling us to sell us cars that haven't sold us cars for a long time because the market was so good. Why are you going to sell anybody else cars that are kind of like got a little bit of a quiver in the voice? Um, you know, I got these uh, 73 cars that look like they're uh, I don't know why, you know, the market's really good. We're doing great. Uh, we're doing fantastic. Um, I got these 73 cars that don't seem to be getting sold. <laughs> okay. I'm a buyer. Uh, you know, uh, uh, in the meantime, I'm a buyer. It ain't going to be for what's going to make you happy. That's for sure. Uh, because the reality is, as you see it on all marketplaces, it ain't just where we sell cars, the world's biggest marketplace. It's every place else. Uh, we're going backwards. That's not a panic call. That's a call to reality. Now, in other words, uh, Bitcoin uh, didn't name anything. I, we've blown 20 or 30% of our stock uh, portfolio because the market changed. If if anybody believes that the market ain't changing with the, in the wholesale business, you also got to stick up your rear end and it's touching your brain. It ain't working. Um, um, the, I guess the moral of this story is, Shawnee, we just went in three different circles, right, is – it's really a good time to understand chicken salad and chicken shit. Uh, understand that when you got chicken shit, it's absolutely sellable. It just ain't sellable for what chicken salad sells for, right? And being aware of that as we uh, – and then all of the little attributes or detriments uh, uh, in the uh, 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 the little uh, uh, Vince-specific characteristics start to become incredibly – um, useful in that because uh, uh, we're not in a round market. We're in a pointy market, right? You miss something, it's going to pinch your ass, right? Um, it's really a good time to actually pay attention to those things, in my estimation. For whatever that's worth, probably worth nothing. But that's that's the facts. You know, looking at MMR and all that, MMR don't count no sales. I love MMR. It's always have since Charisse and how Logan started MMR. Love it. It's fantastic. It's not wrong. It's absolutely correct. It's on the ones that got sold. What do, what do we do with all the other ones that don't get sold? What about that shit that ain't included in the calculation? What about the ones that stink? What about the ones with shiny steering wheels? Don't forget that shiny steering wheel on a hot day like today. You go out there and grab that bitch. You got to go in and scrub your hands, man, because it's all sticky and so forth. And that stickiness don't come from cleanliness. I don't care how many times you wash that leather sticky steering wheel. It's coming back sticky. Let it get let it get a little humid in the car. Shut the doors. You know, let it get to be 132 degrees in the car. Touch that steering wheel. If you can't touch that wheel without get gagging, what about your customer? What, what about them? You think, oh, I love this car. My goodness, it has a very uh, attractive steering wheel. It's it's like a very adhesive. It sticks to your freaking hand. Um, I don't think so. Um, and I, I guess, uh, you know, that's enough vomit for the day, Shawnee, because we're going to keep going in more circles. Uh, it's just that, uh, you know, as this thing tends to um, go in a different direction, after the two best years in the history of the car business, we're going the opposite direction. You know, I think it's time to face facts, face the DNA of uh, cars that you're buying and selling and trading, 
and uh, making decisions that that uh, uh, actually are based in fact, not in your 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 dreams or the fictitious wants uh, uh, that you would like it to be, which really aren't. You know what I mean? Yep. A good one gets better. A bad one gets worse. I love the uh, I love the thought of making sure, and it has to happen, that the sales team's communicating the objections they're getting uh, with the acquisition, whoever's acquiring the vehicles, and then uh, watch rounded information, especially in this market. That's, uh, that's yeah, that, that, that's, that's not Christopher Columbus things with the with the communication thing. The problem is salespeople don't want to get their head bit off. Don't bite the salesperson's head off that had objections about the car that you bought that you're emotionally attached to, but they ain't gonna sell it. Because there's something about the car that turned off their customer. Everybody does it, I think, but maybe they don't. And if you don't, it's a phenomenal concept of how you can understand the, a little bit deeper your inventory. That's all, Shawnee. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Bob. You got it, bro. Have fun, everybody.